It's Fab here, founder and head teacher at Old Marketing School and your marketing BFF. And today I want to invite you to the place where marketing rebels go to master the craft. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about our marketing rebels, self-paced course library and student community. Imagine this, the ultimate library of courses, tactics and templates for marketers looking to use their superpowers for good. So if you are ready to access our short courses, a supportive community of marketing rebels, your personal cheerleading squad, then you gotta go and check our library out. Yes, think about us as your marketing BFFs sharing incredible weekly tactics tools, resources, and even prompts and trends to make sure that you always have fresh content coming out. Plus, we also have marketing sprints, hot seats, and office hours to support you as well in the journey. If it sounds like a good party, I guess it is. So all you have to do is make sure that you join us and you can do it in just two clicks. You just go to School dot click slash library i repeat am school dot click slash library to find out more about how to join us right now i will be waiting for you on the inside now on with today's episode welcome to alt marketing school we are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers just like yourself We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team, Fab here from Alt Marketing School. I am your teacher, and today I am joined by two incredible humans who are as passionate about writing and content as I am. So you are in for a treat, guys. Indeed, it is another interview podcast, and this is with the amazing Alexander and Sarah Beth Lewis. And what we're going to talk about together is all the magical things copywriting. And as I said, this really makes me excited because I do believe that it's really important to fully understand how we can create the best content. And we're all responsible to make that work when it comes to marketers, when it comes to being able to kind of share our message. And I find this is something that sometimes we almost take for granted or maybe just don't put the right work in. Today, I really hope that this chat can inspire you. I really hope that you can learn something new that you can try because Alexander and Sarbeth are amazing and they are super chilled and with a lovely chat. And you might even know some of their clients. Indeed, they work with AppSumo, which is yet another brand that I love. All I can say is I really hope you enjoyed this episode and let me know what you think. Make sure that you check the guys out and share some love with them as well. I really hope you enjoy this and well, what else left to say? If not, let the class begin. Hello everyone. Hello Alexander and Sarah Beth. How are you guys? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for having us. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to have you guys as well. It's the first um, podcast I'll do with um, two guests uh, on, obviously, on Old Marketing School. So very exciting. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yes. Happy to be here. here. Yeah. 
potentially a fourth guest if your dog what's the name of your dog again oliver if oliver comes and says i somehow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll come sniff the microphone yeah <laughs> that is amazing. Guys, thank you so much for being here again. Just in case people don't know who you guys are and what do you do, can you just give us a bit of a context? And I'll leave you the stage, as we say, for about a minute or two, just to give us some context about what you guys do and your work, because I'm really, really excited. I love talking to copywriters. So, yay. So, about four years ago, well, I guess five years ago, Alex started a copywriting business here in Austin, Texas. And four years ago, he convinced me, who I was his girlfriend at the time, to join him. And so we have been in business now for about going on four years. And we specialize in software as a service, um, so SaaS, copywriting. And so that entails uh, mostly website copywriting, but Alex also writes long-form content like white papers and ebooks. And then I've specialized since in UX writing, which is writing for product. So I work with, um, you know, product designers and and product teams to make software more clear, concise, and usable. Um, Because like 30 to 40% of any given screen is copy. And so we're kind of all things software and copy. I love that. That is an amazing combo. And it reminds me of one of my past lives. I stumbled upon somehow becoming a marketer for a UX company, not knowing what UX was. I was a digital agency. And it was, you know, go back, oh God, not sure my age, probably about eight to nine years ago. So it makes me really realize that at the time I didn't know really what it was or what it entailed because apps were still developing as something that people should have. And so I find it really fascinating to be able to have that. As you say, there's obviously the software, the SaaS element is for both of you guys, but also the fact that there are different ways i think that you actually obviously support people but also to look at copy because i believe that sometimes we have that preconcept that the copy is usually what you have on your sales page or maybe of your home page but the fact they already mentioned obviously the products themselves or apps you mentioned white papers you mentioned ebooks i think it's a great reminder of all the different parts of your business and your brand that really need to be cohesive in a way Mm-hmm. I found that really interesting. I wanted to ask you actually, you went into the UX, sorry Beth, was it because you enjoyed it, because that's something that you already did before? Why did you decide to go for that side of things and kind of develop that uh, within the company, I guess, as well? Yeah, great question. So around the beginning of 2019, I started to see something called UX writing crop up in my LinkedIn circles, Twitter feed. And I just had curiosity. So I started doing research. I ordered a bunch of books and just did a deep dive and it fascinated me. I think part of copywriting is making things easier for users. Um, you're always trying to just make this short and sweet, make it make it as intuitive as possible, show exactly what you want the user to do and make it easy for them to do that. And you win and the user wins. And so just seeing how copy is such an integral part of design and actually like thinking about copy as a material that you can design with like really fascinating to me and so last year um, I I did a three-month UX design training with General Assembly and that was revolutionary for me because I really learned the language of design and was able to do a test project and kind of really feel like you know what a UX designer and researcher does Um, and then from there just been working with different teams mainly in fintech actually interestingly to help with like end-to-end app sort of copy rewrites. Uh, so it starts with an audit and then you kind of just start rewriting the copy across apps and and yeah, that's been amazing. So, um, and then for, you know, for both of us, I think 
we're, we're constantly thinking about just, I think what I love most about my job is how interesting it is. Kind of like you mentioned that you, you get to learn so much about kind of different cutting edge things that are happening. And so um, one of our main clients is AppSumo and they, they constantly have different tools in their store that are really pushing the boundaries of what's possible. And you're just exposed to all these new types of tools. And I think the discovery aspect and just the learning aspect of what we get to do is really refreshing, especially as a freelancer, because we're constantly working with new, you know, different types of teams. So it's really cool. I was actually going to say one of the reasons we were, when we got chatting and then Alex put himself forward and then gave me a bit of context and he said, AppSumo. And, you know, when your brain does that thing, when it like write it to write it, you scan, right? You scan quite quickly. And I spotted AppSumo in the, in, the, in the message and I was like, oh, I love the guys. I pretty much buy at least three or four tools a year there. A couple of which, yes. So I read a lot of your copy, basically, guys. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, it's working. Um, oh, I love that. That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love their whole team. Yeah, and they have a big team of copywriters. They really devote a lot of you know resources to to copy. So by no means are we the only ones on the team, but they have yeah, just amazing voice and tone. And I think people like for me at least, I like looking at AppSumo because I learn about marketing tactics. I learn about copy from the copywriters, from, you know, their, their email team is amazing. Like their email subject lines, very addictive. And I, we're not on email at all. It's, that's uh, someone else, but I think it's really neat to learn from them. And then also like, you know, just look at the tools and stuff too. And that's the thing as well. I was thinking is just, that's the wealth of the marketplace, but it's interesting. I can try and kind of feed into that one tone as much as possible, even if you are basically, kind of, you know, it's being a marketplace as your product, but also you're presenting the product that is somebody else's within your tone of voice. And I think that's one of the hardest things that can be done. And obviously something that happens a lot more, I guess, in a more crowded market and also in the software business, you know, it's kind of so much more, um, I guess, fluid that way. Alex, is there anything that I'm going to just mention the guys one more time and let's just get back to soon one more time, but anything that you learned or anything that you know, anything that jumps out when it comes to your experience with them as a client and this type of client and the work that you've done with that, that might come up to you? Yeah. One of my favorite projects that I took on with AppSumo is a few months ago, I took over kind of their internal freebies. So they publish a lot of internal resources that are just eBooks and like free guides, free downloads, stuff like that. And now I'm creating a lot of those. And so the first one that I made for them was a like uh, ultimate like marketing start guide. And so I got to sit down with, I think it was seven or eight members of AppSumo's marketing team and just interview them about like different parts of the marketing funnel. So spoke to them, like spoke to their main social media expert about how they think about organic social media, spoke to their email team, spoke to like their digital ads team and then just wrote chapter after chapter, like here are the walkthroughs of if you want to get traffic, if you want to get conversions, stuff like that. And it's just all from the minds of AppSumo, which as we're all talking about here, like a lot of people really respect that company. So coming from the minds of AppSumo, being able to just publish this fun, kind of lighthearted, but very practical ebook was a really fun project. I love that. And actually, I'm going to ask you now a harder question, which is more like thinking like our lovely you, uh, listener who's listening right now. I might be like, I love ebooks. I like writing ebooks, maybe even. Or I, you know, it's a great potential way to actually expose yourself to a new audience. But then again, there are so many, obviously, freebies, lead magnets, call them whatever resonates with people. 
obviously they're an incentive therefore there's plenty of incentives in a world that has gone much more online so I was wondering if there's anything that either you guys do so either of you when it comes to creating something like a lead magnet or something like a freebie or something that is more like an incentive maybe one tip each or one thing that comes uh, out for both of you when it comes to actually make them more effective. You know, you want to make sure one that people actually want to get them. So obviously the sales page and the landing page is key, but also you want to make sure that people actually consume them. Cause I think that's really where the gap is. If people don't consume them, then in my, at least in my mind, they are still subscribers, but it's harder to convert them into customers because they don't really get the experience of who you are and your knowledge. So I guess, you know, depends on whichever tip comes across, but one or the other, I think those are two big problems that people have, getting people to take the step and then actually to read or consume your content. Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the reasons that people have a hard time with freebies is sometimes they just try to cobble together things that are already appearing on their blog or on other blogs that are like easy to find on Google. And so I think one of the keys to getting an effective white paper or an effective ebook out there that people care to download is that there's something unique in there that you can't find with just a quick Google search. And so whenever I do these eBooks for AppSumo or any other client, I try to either interview experts or work with the team to get some kind of proprietary information or some kind of like details about some thing that they did that is very unusual that isn't published yet and make that the core of what I'm trying to give away for free in this resource. And so then you really spotlight that in your landing page and say, hey, we're giving away these tactics. We've never given them away before, or we've talked to this expert. Here are the like X things you're gonna learn. And then you suddenly incentivize them because they can't find that anywhere else. And it also kind of branches out into further opportunities to distribute that content because then um, if someone does get a lot of value, they might share it on social media, they might it's an easy opportunity to get PR if you reach out to journalists and say, hey, we just published this study, here are the findings. If you end up writing about it, link back to us. And it's just like, just by being willing to publish things that have never been published, you really open up a lot more opportunities for yourself. I think for my part, I would say it's, it's really hard to overestimate how important actionable plug and play templates are. People love, like, give me the email template that I can use to get this journalist to say yes. You know, I mean, they love done for you templates. And so if you can lean into that. And then another aspect is like understanding their stage of awareness. So, you know, if some if 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 someone is just really not not sure they're they're low awareness, you're gonna need to give them a bit more information. It's more about storytelling and kind of giving them, you know, a you're going to need to give them a bit more information, but if they're really like, you know, very solution aware, they're very aware of kind of your product, then I think something, yeah, more actionable, just get it done. You're kind of like really trying to appeal to like, I think for, for AppSumo, the templates do really well because they have a really close audience and, and their audience is entrepreneurs, hustlers, you know, people who are really making the internet go around and, um, I think those templates do the best for them because it's really aligned with the the thing they're looking for, which is to level up their game as entrepreneurs and marketers. And so, yeah, I would say, you know, as close as, as understanding your audience and then giving them actionable stuff. And I love that. I mean, I love all the points, but I am a massive fan of actionable steps. 
And actually, like just to reiterate what you said, because I think it's so brilliant, especially also with combined with the element of finding that niche aspect or that specific and, as you say, unique element that you can add into, especially when it's written, I think is an extra element. But then even if we're not talking about webinars, I'm just going to use as an example because it's a great practice of, you know, there has been an increase in everything online. So whether it's written, whether it's audio, whether it's video. And one of the things that I've seen from online events, which is what I do with Creative Impact, my other company, a lot, is everybody's doing webinars and their moms and their aunties and their grandmas. So what I've noticed is that the problem is that there's still people that are getting used to it. And what, what we tend to do is overload people with content. I don't know if you've seen it also when it comes to the writing or to that kind of more written piece just for the sake of overloading people with content and, and knowledge. And I think it goes back to what Sarabat said about also the stage of awareness. Some people don't need that to trust you. They don't need that to want to do the next step. As you say, what they probably want is just for you to give them a bit of context and then give them one thing they can action, one thing they can do. Because I don't know how you guys feel, but especially from something that is a freebie or an incentive or something that is a bit quicker to grab, you're probably going to do one thing. Let's be honest. You, you're not going to be able to action loads of steps so I think it really reflects on that trend that I've seen on the video side of things again maybe it's just me that I'm a bit fed up with really badly done online events because we're constantly glued to our screen uh, so I think quality over quantity that's kind of how I feel I don't know if you see that slightly resonating also in the way that content is produced I'm going to ask you to push yourselves a bit and think maybe in 2021 whatever element of content and copywriting is there something that you see coming up or changing or slightly adapting this coming year big question question it is a good question you know i'm really interested in this lately because i decided to take 2021 off of social media and it's part of a big experiment i'm doing to see what because we we all spend a lot of time on social media. And so that's a lot of sunk time every year that a lot of us are just spending scrolling, posting, liking, stuff like that. And so I've wondered if I could apply those same hours fully to other parts of marketing, what will I discover? And so in the last couple of weeks, I've been primarily focused on like PR and trying to see, okay, like where can I write for that I've never written for before? And I think this year is going to be a big experiment in that. So if you step away from social media, what are the larger trends that are probably like evident on social media as well, but also like beyond that? And yeah, because I, I do think like you were saying about the like quality over quantity, like there's a lot of noise right now, like what do you create that rises above that? I think being able to find focus and put into the world what only you can create when you have the right amount of time to create those things, I think that's where you rise above the noise because you're not just creating content for the sake of content, you're creating content to really add value to the end reader. I think for me, one thing I really hope will change in um, in 2021 is CTAs, so calls to action, with like a, a much stronger information sent. So this is a term I, I get from Nielsen, uh, Nielsen Norman Group, they're amazing. They do a lot of usability testing and kind of understand what works and doesn't work on the internet. And I think, you know, something like learn more, that's a horrible information sent, right? That if, if I was like, if I read that with a screen reader, for instance, 
that would give me nothing. I, I wouldn't learn more like about what, like, what do you mean learn more, you know? And so really pushing yourself to think about the CTAs on your page and like number one recommendation would be have a primary CTA on your website. Primary, it looks different and it's the same call to action and give it scent, give it, give it some essence that really tells people for us on our website, it's book a call. It's simple, but it's a lot more than contact us, book a call, you click it, it goes to our call scheduler and we have people on the calendar. And so it's, it's very strong. So I think um, CTAs that, that gets, don't just get started, get started for $1, like give it a little bit more oomph. Even a, you can address like an objection in the CTA, just $1 or for free or get started for free is pretty big, but, but give it a little more something and um, really think through, yeah, no credit card required, maybe like get started dash no credit card required. Um, play around with that and, you know, test it, see how it works. I love that. <laughs> to be honest, I'm a content person. So, you know, like whichever type of content, I'm a writer mainly, but it doesn't matter. So anything that I think really puts that emphasis a bit more on the different sides of your content. Like I'm a big, maybe a bit too big, a bit too vocal about headlines, but I really love a good headline, which again, doesn't sound too, um, when you think about it, it actually makes sense. So I really like to remind people that what you said with the CTA, there are other elements that are not just your main caption if you go on social, but you know your main copy if you're writing. There are other elements within your content that really lead people through that journey. And I love that you reminded us that actually the call to action, which is so important because it gets people to take the next step, sometimes feels a bit brushed off. Find out more, learn more. When you said them, it was like, yep, yep, seeing that it really doesn't invite people. And it's really interesting because when I run a workshop on email marketing, which I run a few times uh, a month, uh, some of the students actually, you will see, and I don't know guys, if you had that, but some people interestingly find that something that is a bit more uh, direct, they don't resonate with. And other people instead like something a bit more uh, subdued. So it's really interesting to see what happens depending on the way that you talk to your audience. I don't know if you ever seen that, but that was really interesting to pick up with about 50-50 split of students that would love something more direct and others will find it that it makes them feel, but also very culturally, it will be very different depending on the person that you're talking to. Now, I don't know if there's any data that you've seen as well, but it's really fascinating too. I agree. Sometimes the CTAs can get really long. <laughs> it's like a whole sentence in a button. And I, I don't really subscribe to that school of thought. So I know what you mean, where if it's like, is, is that what you mean? Like if it's too, too specific and kind of in your face, um, but some people like the context. So yeah, yeah that I is think, interesting. I think one way to think about it is your CTA should be shortening the distance your customer or reader feels to the thing that they're trying to do. And so if clicking a button sounds like an added step in what they're trying to accomplish. So like learn more. That's probably one of the reasons that kind of falls apart is like, feels like it's a little bit like one additional step to get to what I'm trying to do. Whereas if your CTA answers some kind of question that they are worried about, or if it tells them the price in the button, like start for a dollar, stuff like that, it shortens the distance between the action they actually want to be taking. And yeah. I love that. Now I'm going to ask you one more question, guys one more and it's about one practical thing one it can be a tool it can be a practice it can be maybe a book one thing that people can implant if you were to say they listen to this the next 40 hours i'm going to do one thing 
to really improve their content. First of all, you can even tell me which type of content you're referring to. Maybe it's a landing page, maybe it's your website, maybe it's any content. So whoever wants to start, give us the juice. I mean, I could talk for another six hours, but I appreciate that we have, we have a schedule. So maybe I'll get, I'll get you back another time if you don't mind that. Not at all. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, the big thing that we do with almost every client is we insist on speaking with their customers. And this is especially pertinent for writing website copies. So, and this isn't just to like get case studies or get quotes. This is specifically to learn how your customers talk about your product and talk about your business so that you can use that same language or the same structure that they use to talk about your product and your company to then form the copy on your website. And so we found that some of the best like headlines we've ever written, some of the best body copy we've ever written, we don't actually write it. It's all just comes straight from the mouth of a customer. And then we just highlight it while we're on the phone with them because we're just taking notes the whole time. And then that often just becomes the main headline. One of the things that a lot of websites and landing pages are missing is a discussion of the pain points. So I was looking for proposal software the other day because we lost a big project because I think our proposal kind of wasn't the best. And so I was looking through and I looked at all the major websites and I was feeling pain because we just missed out on money, clout, you know, the client, like, oh, it just hurt. And none of the websites uh, that, I, that I looked at really addressed that pain at all. And, and what I was feeling is the proposal is the last thing between me and my client the very bottom of the funnel. It's my top thing that just stands between me and signing the client. And so that was how I felt. And none of the, the websites addressed that. And we, we solved our proposal problem another way, working with, with a coach and kind of rewriting things. But I, I just, I always kind of think about that. And I think many business owners and marketers don't really understand the pain and the problem. And so just like Alex said, talking to your customers, you're going to get insights that you just never saw coming. I mean, it happens time and again, like, and so it's bothersome to say, talk to your customers. I have to email them. I have to schedule calls, my calendar, blah, blah, blah. Do it. It's so worth it. I mean, it's talked about so much for a reason. Um, Just especially from a copy perspective, you hear people say, I feel like we were running our business in spite of our website. And that's your pain point wow, like it's just lightning. And so, yeah, I can't say that enough. And honestly, you can fold that work into case study work as well. And you get social proof for your website. It it has so many purposes if you can kind of approach it um, as like kind of multiple things in in one or just having those conversations for copy, but can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. Sorry, I get really excited when people mention it because whenever I talk about anything, whether it's here at Marketing School, whether it's with Creative Impact, I always talk about speaking really to your people. And sometimes I get the eye roll. But it's like, it is the key. And I remember just to give you one more example because you were spot on, I had literally this conversation with one of our members. These are creatives, right? So they're individuals. And I said to the lady, I was looking, I do some auditing sometimes from for stuff. And I said, I love this page, but this page, all I'm seeing is you're talking about you and are you not talking about what you're doing for your people? This is a micro thing, obviously, as a first step, but I would say this is another thing that people make a big mistake about when it comes to obviously who you're talking to. And I think what you prov- provided as a solution, which is finding ways to talk to your customers, means that if you're struggling with talking about them, 
literally ask them the question so that you can put their words into the page. Uh, because we don't realize it, but I think if you're not, uh, not trained, but if you're not accustomed to mm-hmm. talk about them all the time, or a lot of the time, it doesn't come natural. You're talking about you, your story. This is why I do this. This is what I do. People don't want to know that. People want to know how can I help them. And I think the pain point that you mentioned was so important as well. You're so on point. I think there's so many websites that are like, we're the greatest at doing X, Y, and Z. And if your website does that, just stop and and flip it all on its head. And the, the best way to do that is verb first. Like put the verb first. If you look at you know the top websites that you visit, you know, tools that you use, for instance, they're all gonna start with like a verb, uh, the the headline. So you're totally on point. And it's it's hard though. It's hard when it's your business, your baby, you know, you work there and um, you're trying to make it about the customer because the business, you know, has stakes in the game, obviously, as well. Yeah, guys, thank you so, so much. If people want to find out more about you, can you give us, so they can check the show notes, there's everything in there, but can you give us a couple of pointers they can go to and check it out? Absolutely. You can find us at lewiscommercialwriting.com. That's where we have our newsletter. It's where we um, just do everything, talk to clients. You can learn more about us, what we do. You can find Alex not on social media, um, although I am on LinkedIn the most. And uh, I will say Alex's newsletter is amazing. He has a weekly Monday newsletter. It's called The Craft and Business of Writing. So if you are interested in copywriting, writing, getting published, um, it's a great little conversation every week on those topics. Thank you so much, guys. Again, it was lovely chatting to you. Yes, you as well. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.